No longer can we rely on those same people in the media and politics who will say anything to keep our rigged system in place. Instead, we must choose to believe in America. History is watching us now. We don't have much time, but history is watching. It's waiting to see if we will rise to the occasion and if we will show the whole world that America is still free and independent and strong. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you were tuned into His Hardline. Welcome. Glad to have you all here. Don't forget to check out the website, www.hishardline.com. This is the only place where you're going to get God and Jesus Christ mixed in with a little true history of America, mixed in with instructions on how to assemble your nation. We're here to implement solutions that will help restore this republic. But most importantly, we're also here to help America and the rest of the world to invite Jesus Christ into their heart. It's time to take back our nation. It's time to take back our world, ladies and gentlemen. You can join us here every single day of the week, except on Thursdays. That is podcast-free Thursdays. And every other Friday, we have our good friend, Donna Brandenburg, who is fighting for you and America. Let's get started. (laughs) Oh, man, it's going to suck to be you deep staters when this is all said and done. You guys really have no idea what's coming for you. (laughs) Watch out, the American people are coming for you. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you're at in the world. I am Jason, your co-host with God, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit at my side because, well, they're the host and they are in the captain's chair. They are steering the ship through these crazy waters that we call life. So welcome. Glad to have you all here. It is Friday, December 16th, 2022. And I hope everybody's been having a good week so far. A lot going on. There is a lot going on. Um, I do apologize for not posting a link to this much sooner. Um, Yesterday, I went out to eat to celebrate my birthday with my uh, mother and father-in-law, my wife and daughter. Um, So it was was just a, a packed evening. And, um, and so this morning though, Donna Brandenburg will not be on, um, not because we're having a fight or anything like that. No, she, she's getting some rest and she has, um, something important that she needs to rest up for, uh, that she needs to get to later on today. Uh, so, cause we, we were chatting last night. Um, and so, so that, that, that's pretty much where I'll leave it. So it's very We'll see what happens. I don't know. We will see what happens. I wouldn't doubt. Uh, just, yeah, we'll just see what happens there. So um, anyway, as I peruse some of the the headlines here, just kind of get a general glimpse of what distractions or kind of half-truths they're putting out today as I scroll through the Gateway Pundit some here on my app. Um, let's see here. 
And it looks like there's one right here where it says over 60% of Americans are now living paycheck to paycheck thanks to inflation. And I'm seeing more and more evidence of that on a daily basis. In fact, especially with the homeless population, um, as you know, with the nature of my job, I travel a lot throughout the state of Michigan. And I have noticed specifically in Kalamazoo, especially, that the homeless population has exponentially exploded down there compared to what it was, say, two, three years ago. Um, it's a very sad state of affairs. It's sad to kind of witness, but it is a fact. And you know, if the homeless population is exploding, that can only mean that lower to middle income um, households are struggling as well. So this this would not surprise me. In fact, I'm surprised it's only 60%. I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a little higher than that. But, you know, um, that's kind of the headline there. Um, just kind of going through some of this stuff here. I mean, a lot of this stuff really is just kind of nonsense. Um, I guess apparently Pelosi got heated over a simple question that all Americans deserve to know. And her answer was, don't bother me, which I don't even know if that's even the real Pelosi. That could be just an avatar. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit further. Uh, let's see here. Let's go further down here. Uh, this is interesting too. Um, back to JFK a little bit. So I guess this was on, uh, Tucker Carlson. And uh, it says right here in the headline, in quote, the answer is yes, I believe they were involved, end quote. And so a top intelligence source tells Tucker Carlson that the CIA was involved in the assassination of John F. Kennedy. Um, so I think we're going to find more and more about this information, about what happened with JFK. In fact, I think as we go further uh, with the lifting of the veil, if you will, we're going to start learning more and more in the coming years. But um, you know, we're going to talk a little bit after we do the reading here in Isaiah. We're going to talk a little bit about that case, that Brunson case, just a little bit further. I'm going to give you more of my outlook and perspective on it. Uh, I know Karen the Riveter was on Donna's BNN show. She had her perspective on it. Her and I kind of have differing views on that. Uh, but, you know, it's, that's that's what it is. You know, we, we typically will have differing views. That's what makes America great. Um, if everybody had the same views, it would be a very uh, bland existence that we would have. If, if I say so myself, we're all going to have different ideologies. We're going to have different, you know, viewpoints and opinions, but that's, but see, that's how we can innovate though, right? That's how we innovate and how we come up with our best ideas. We get the collection of pooled ideas and thoughts and, 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 you know, the minds and we implement the top ideas from different minds in order to create a good product or a great service or a great process. Right. So it's good to have differing views and different outlooks. Um, but I'm going to give you my perspective. Doesn't mean my perspective is, is, you know, 100% truth or factual because it's not, it's just Jason Jones's opinion and viewpoint. So I just want to make sure I make that clear. Um, let's see. I'm kind of scrolling down here, just looking at some more stuff. I guess apparently alleged $100 million stock manipulation scheme leads to charges against social media influencers. It doesn't surprise me there. Um, you know, you got to watch out with influencers, too. Um, if you take a notice, and if you just take a notice, uh, there's one thing that you'll always find consistent here. You're going to always find me um, trying to be authentic here. You won't hear me constantly asking for money. In fact, you don't think you'll really ever hear me ask for money. 
Um, eventually, yes, I want to take this podcasting to a full-time scale to where I can actually earn an income from it. But, you know, right now, the name of the game for me is to put out proper information regarding the assembly, the national assembly. Um, first and foremost, putting out information um, by spreading God's word and reading out of the Bible, because that is really important. And if we all recall, I'm pretty sure Jesus and others did not proclaim, you know, did not spread the word by getting paid. Um, you know, money, money is a big motivator for a lot of people. If there's no money exchange involved, then people won't do it. And that's a, it's a real shame because if it doesn't financially benefit somebody, then they're not simply going to do it unless it's maybe like a favor for a friend, but then, Hey, but you, you, but Hey, I did you a favor. You got to do me a favor back. Right. You know, this is the kind of mentality it seems like we got in our nation. And I think, and I'm not a Karl Marx fan at all by any stretch of the imagination, but I think he was right when he was talking about how, you know, um, I wish I had it in front of me right here. Let me see if I can pull it up. Um, Hold on. We're going to just pull something up on the fly here. Karl Marx. Theory, I think is what it is. Let's see here. His reasoning was as follows. Although workers produce things for a market, market forces, not workers control things. People are required to work for capitalists who have full control over the means and production, maintain power in the workplace. That's not what I wanted. There is something else in here, but... Um, Basically, what he was kind of alluding to is, you know, our nation is comprised com mostly of people <clears throat> doing something only for an exchange of monetary value, never doing anything for the purpose of being a joyful giver, as maybe the Bible would say, right? Most people do things in order to have some sort of exchange in return, something that benefits them, whether if it's money's paid, gold or silver shekels, or a favor that is returned, or whatever, some sort of thing you barter with. But he was right on that. And, and unfortunately, um, that's what's kind of taken hold of our society, I think, from being able to get closer to God. We, we have this kind of this, this, this idol worship of money, unfortunately, and this is the only way people will do anything good for other people is if they get something in return. That's kind of the wrong way to look at it. But um, it is very interesting. So you got to watch out for certain influencers. Uh, back to this this uh, article from the Gateway Pundit. You got to watch out for these influencers because, you know, predominantly they are doing this for money. Um, they're trying to push out information that is pushed to them, kind of like regular media. They get a script or they get a certain agenda and they say, hey, you need to um, you need to discuss this. OK, and if they're going to get paid their little hefty little fee. Well, of course, anyone's going to say just about anything on the air or in a video. If you're an influencer, if you have a nice little price tag next to it, that's not what we do over here. All right. That is not what we do over here. Now, I do get some donations, but when I say some, it's very, very minuscule, um, maybe just enough to maybe fill up a gas tank or something, but that's it. And then it'll, it'll be a while. But, you know, I, God bless me with a very great job. It allows me to make six figures driving a truck. 
I don't even have a college degree. I mean, and I, I, I enjoy what I do. Do I want to do that till I'm like 80? No, but I certainly do enjoy my job. And so God really blessed me to have a job like that, even though it takes 12 hours out of a 24 hour day, it takes 12 hours of my life each workday. So if you think about it, that's half my life behind the wheel. And it's not like I can be on the phone. I can't be on the phone. I can't even have a headset because of the company policy. So half my life is taken just being behind the wheel of a truck for a big oil company. But when I come home, I do my best to serve humanity and serve my nation by putting out the information about the National Assembly, by trying to put out the word of God and so on and so forth. So um, you just got to be very careful of people who are money motivated because it, it, it can lead to putting out very deceptive information. Um, <clears throat> there's a video I'm going to play or a soundbite, I should say, after we do the reading in Isaiah um, called Connect the Dots. And I'm going to play a couple more little miniature sound bites, but Donna posted this on Donna Brandenburg. She posted this on her telegram and she wrote with it says truth. Those who don't stand, excuse me, those who don't stand and fight with us have chosen to be complicit. Add medical murder, forced MRNAs, excuse me, MRNA, altering humanity, our government using our tax dollars to pay for death in their allegiance to hell itself, and it's time to stand with no fear, no backing down. Choose this day whom you serve. Everyone will have to face the horrors of choosing poorly. God or Satan, there is no middle ground. Trust God and never back down. And I completely agree exactly with what she was saying here. And it kind of goes along with the with the theme of the show here, of what we're going to be discussing after the reading with the lifting of the veil. So before we get into all that, let's get into... <clears throat> Let's get into the reading, shall we? So again, I'm going to be reading out of Isaiah chapter 32, and this is um, yeah, 20 verses, not too crazy. And then we'll get into a little discussion, and then we'll transition into the uh, second half of the show here. And now I'm reading out of the New American Standard Bible in case anybody is following along. Um, you know, I was toying around with the idea of possibly reading out of NIV or ESV, but I'm just going to stay consistent. You know, if it's not the New American Bible Revised Edition, um, it, I bounce back and forth from that to the NASB. So I guess it's kind of like an old dog that, can, you know, you can't, <laughs> you can't train new tricks or teach new tricks to an old dog. So <laughs> that's not completely true. I'll, I'll, I'll learn something new if I had to. Okay. And it reads out of new American standard Bible, Isaiah chapter 32, verse one, behold, a King will reign righteously and officials will rule justly. Each will be like a refuge from the wind and a shelter from the storm, like streams of water in a dry country, like the shade of a huge rock in an exhausted land. Then the eyes of those who see will not be blinded and the ears of those who hear will listen. The mind of the rash will discern the truth and the tongue of the stammerers will hurry to speak clearly. No longer will the fool be called noble or the rogue be spoken as, uh, excuse me, or the rogue be spoken of as generous for a fool speaks nonsense and his heart inclines toward weak wickedness to practice ungodliness and to speak error against the Lord, to keep the hungry person unsatisfied and to withhold drink from the thirsty. As for a rogue, His weapons are evil. He devises wicked schemes to destroy the poor with slander, even though the needy one speaks what is right. But the noble person devises noble plans, and by noble plans he stands. Rise up, you women who are at ease, 
and hear my voice. Listen to my word, you complacent daughters. Within a year, in a few days, you will be troubled, you complacent daughters, for the vintage is ended, and the fruit gathering will not come. Are at ease, be troubled, you complacent daughters. Strip, undress, and put sackcloth on your waist. Beat your breast for the pleasant fields, for the fruitful vine, for the land of my people in which thorns and briars will come up. Indeed, for all the joyful houses and for the jubilant city. For the palace has been neglected, the populated city abandoned, hill and watchtower have become caves forever, a delight for wicked donkeys, well, excuse me, a delight for wild donkeys, a pasture for flocks, until the Spirit is poured out upon us from on high, and the wilderness becomes a fertile field, and the fertile field is considered as a forest, then justice will dwell in the wilderness." And righteousness will remain in the fertile field, and the work of the righteousness will be peace, and the service of righteousness, quietness, and confidence forever. Then my people will live in a peaceful settlement, in secure dwellings, and in undisturbed resting places, and it will hail when the forest comes down, and the city will be utterly laid low. How blessed will you be, you who sow besides all waters, who let the ox and the donkey out freely. And that right there is a reading from Isaiah chapter 32 verses 1 through 20. So as I look at the uh, commentary here, I had to do some looking up here because again, the commentary today that I'm getting from is from MelissaBeatty.com. She's got a ministry and I think she does an outstanding job. um, Assuming Melissa is a she, I don't know, Melissa could be a boy, but I'm just going to go on the assumption that she's a she. Um, she has really excellent commentary. And again, it's M-E-L-I-S-S-A-B-E-A-T-Y.com. Um, she has a very good ministry and a website over here. And I really enjoy reading her, her, uh, commentary, but there was something that I thought was a little interesting. Um, cause she, in her commentary, she was talking about what is a liberal and she wasn't talking about politics, but she was looking at the actual definition from Webster's dictionary. But when I read her dictionary, what she looked up versus what's in the actual Noah Webster's dictionary are two totally different opposite things. So I'm going to be kind of skipping some things out of, you know, some of the commentary here, but yeah, it is really kind of interesting, but, um, you know, here we're talking about the prosperity of the wicked, right? And as we see in verse five, that the churl are called bountiful. In other words, those that who do evil have all the money. Now, how many times do we find ourselves jealous of somebody else and questioning why it is that they can lie, cheat, and steal, but still God seemingly allows them to be blessed with material goods and financial prosperity when the righteous have nothing, right? I mean, it kind of goes right into what I was kind of leading in earlier about the the whole how people serve money, right? The, the most most people serve money, and they will only do something good if it mutually benefits them financially or otherwise. And so, you know, the answer is pretty simple here: that they actually have nothing, while we have everything. If you think about it, those who have all the money in the world have absolutely nothing. Because if, if you look at most people that are really, really wealthy, and Donna was saying this the other day in our conversation, she, she and her husband have done really well. But she said, I absolutely hate money. 
because of the ugliness that it turns into people or the lack of money. I mean, I've met so many people in my life that wouldn't really, well, they would go against their own family, their own mother or grandmother just to make a, you know, a, a nice little chunk of change. And that's pretty sad. And so when, when God comes back to, or when God's come, when God comes back, the wicked will be seen for what they are. And what they are, are those who destroy the poor with lying words. And I, you know, we're clearly seeing that. And like I saw in the headline earlier, where 60% of people in America here are living paycheck to paycheck. And like I said, I'm surprised that's not more, but although for a season they may appear to be doing well, all of the goods will perish because they are of this world. Now, the passage of Scripture allows us to see that we must be very careful not to judge somebody's spiritual state by their outward appearance. Back to that old saying, right? Don't judge a book by its cover. And so the presence of material goods does not signify God's blessings. And I think a lot of people get that twisted. So instead, peace, quietness, and assurance as we can see marked in verse 17, that is what marks God's blessings on righteousness. Peace, quietness, and assurance. Now let's look up those definitions real quick, because again, I'm a, I'm a man that believes that words are very important. So let's, well, I'm looking up in Webster's Dictionary, 1828.com. If you don't have a hard copy, you can go there, Webster's Dictionary, 1828.com gives you real definitions, not all this changed around nonsense that you see in, you know, these dictionaries today. Assurance. That, so there's about nine definitions. I'm not going to go through all nine definitions. Usually the first two are the most accurate, first two or three. But assurance, it says the act of assuring uh, or of making a declaration in terms that furnish ground of confidence as I trusted to his assurances or the act of furnishing any ground of full confidence whereof he hath given assurance to all men in that he hath raised him from the dead. And that's uh, something you can re reference from Acts 17.31. Definition two, firm. Firm persuasion, full confidence or trust, freedom of doubt, certain expectation, the utmost certainty. Third definition, and I'll end it here, firmness of mind, undoubting steadiness, intrepidity. Now, the other definition here is obviously or you know words you got here again is peace and quietness that is what marks god's blessings peace and quietness now obviously we all probably know that i'm not going to go through the definition of each one but it's not material items that give us the blessings it's not a ton of money that gives us the blessings it's god's peace quietness and assurance and i think i've said this in a previous show the more chaotic and crazy things become it seems like the more calm, if that makes sense, the more calm I, I, I feel in my soul, my spirit. It's a really weird feeling because where I used to, and, and don't get me wrong, there's sometimes, you know, there's bouts of anxiety that slip in. I'd be a fool and a liar if I told you that that wasn't the case. But there is definitely some times where I get little Blurts and bouts of, of, of uh, anxiety that hit within me. And of course, you know, I have to take that to God and say, you know, God, I am very sorry about this because my anxiety is not pu putting 100% trust and faith in you. And, and I realize that 
you know, and I'm human, just like all of you. We all fall sometimes to that kind of thing, right? <clears throat> but we can't look at other people's outward appearances of how they dress or what they drive or how big of a house they live in to justify how blessed they are. I knew quite a few men in my life down in Florida and around the country in my travels that had a lot of money, a lot of money. And yet one of them I knew committed to actually a couple of them committed suicide. They were burdened. They were, they had something dark troubling their soul. They were lonely. They, it goes to show you, I mean, one guy was an importer exporter for exotic cars. I mean, this man had it all. It seemed beautiful yacht, beautiful condo on the ocean, beautiful Ferraris and Mercedes and Corvettes and me, you name it. A lot of money, seemingly, seemingly. I mean, that's not to say that couldn't be bank money, but seemingly he seemed like he had all the, all, everything in the world, right? But he wasn't married. He didn't seem like he was at peace. You can look in his eyes and see a troubled soul. You can see sadness. And and quite frankly, I've I've read a or I saw a documentary on the like super elite wealthy rich and those who kind of lost fortunes where they had to give up uh, and lose like mega yachts and stuff like that. I've heard some of these people on interviews, names that we would never know. Like when I say super elite, like names we would never know, but like, you know, just people that are part of dynasties and stuff like that. But, you know, as they, as some of these people lose their power, you, you, your money and they have to lose some of their stuff. You know, what's interesting. You know what I hear from a lot of people or, or, or when I, what I hear from people when they talk about the loss of significant amounts of money, they say that they feel a peace or a burden that's lifted off of them where they can like finally breathe. And when I heard that one time, I was like, wow, that is really profound and amazing. Because more, most people think, oh, well, money, you know, money may not be the, you know, may not buy happiness, but man, oh man, it sure helps pay the bills. Well, sure it does. But you can have somebody that has a ton of money and is a billionaire and completely has no purpose within them for life and has no zest or zeal for life or really has any true direction. And that's a pretty sad thing. Now, I'm only speaking on a very lower scale, but you know, as somebody who purchased three brand new vehicles in my time in my younger 20s, brand new Mustangs like an idiot, not realizing how much they kill your, you know, your net worth and how much money you lose by buying vehicles like that brand new. The newness is fun for about six months to a year, maybe a year and a half, depending on the individual. But then something happens. You start to forget that that was once a new car. You start to forget that. You start to forget that that car once had a new car smell. What was once shiny and flawless right off the showroom floor now has a couple road debris dings on the front end of your grill that you have to continuously touch up. And so the, the newness 
vanishes. And I have to imagine the same thing goes with a lot of other material items that one can amass from great wealth. Yes, you could buy all the new stuff in the world and travel all over the world. See, personally, if I had a ton of money, see, I'd be a fat man because I'm a foodie and I'd be traveling a lot because I like seeing God's creation. I'm not really so much on the toy aspect of it, but I would be a fat man. (laughs) I love food. But my point is, is that no matter how much material items that one would accumulate, it, it, it eventually will lose its, um, yeah, you know, Chris in Michigan, he just, he just put it right here in the chat. He was just looking down at the screen here as he put this down. They're all anchors. And that's what they are. They're anchors of this world. That's very well put. Thanks, Chris. They're anchors of this world. And so, but yeah, um, I'm not going to get into the second part of her, uh, Melissa's uh, commentary here, because again, it goes into like, what is a liberal? But again, it's, I mean, I see where she's going at with it, but based on the definition that she came up, you know, that she found, it's completely inaccurate. And I don't want to put that out there, but let's just break this down verse by verse real quick. And then we'll get into the second half of this uh, conversation here. So verse one, you know, the prophecy is fulfilled in the millennial reign. And so the saints will be the princes And when Christ reigns and man has been redeemed, the man will be a guardian and a provider rather than the destroyer that he currently is. Now, in verse 3, this is a direct reversal of earlier prophecy that eyes would be darkened and the ears would be dimmed. And so when God rules, everything is seen for what it is. And I think that's what we're seeing in today, kind of stepping aside from this real quick. I think that's kind of what we're seeing right now. I think we are seeing finally God is coming back into our lives after he's kind of sat in the background. Again, this is my kind of thoughts and perspective, but I feel like God kind of has taken a step back being like, okay, you know what? I'm going to let you see what it's like to be ran by these evil tyrants, these satanic, you know, evildoers. But I think as, as God kind of steps back into the forefront and people start turning their eyes and their heart to Christ and God, and asking the Holy Spirit to work within them, God is starting to show people everything for what it is, right? The lifting of the veil. And for someone who could not speak now can speak, and those who appear to be well on the outside but inwardly were evil will be seen for what they are, which is basically a mean-spirited person. Now, as we look at verses 6 through 8, God sees what is in one's heart and not the label society has placed on one. Now, although on the outside, one may be called bountiful and prosperous, but God sees hypocrisy. He sees error and wicked devices, or as like Chris in Michigan was saying, anchors of this world. Now, As we look at verse 9 through 12, being at ease is not being at rest. And to be at ease is to be careless or to not care about the condition of one's soul or the state of others. And God warns that such a a one needs to rise up and listen because trouble is coming. And so being careless, people were rejoicing despite their sins. And therefore God, through the deportation, will take away all the princes and the high members of society until the land is left barren. I think we are seeing that actively within our own nation as we kind of look at this Brunson v. Adams case that's taking place because it would remove 388 
public functionaries from our government, including Biden, Mike Pence, Kamala, Pelosi, and others. I think we're seeing that right now take place, and we're going to see more of it. Now, as we look at 15 through 16, and I'm not just talking about political people here. I mean, we're talking worldwide. You look at the Queen, the Pope. You're seeing these high members of society getting taken away. And so as we look at 15 and 16, the land will remain empty until the Spirit of God comes down from heaven to heal the land. Now in Second Chronicles, God makes it clear that this will happen when his people turn from their wicked ways in to seek him. And so then the judgment and righteousness of God will come back to the barren land and it will become fruitful and healthy again. And God can and will bless that which is barren. And all it takes is repentance. Now, I spoke with a man. Uh, well, actually, yeah, I'm going to say this right now because it kind of, ble- you know, it kind of goes with that whole repentance thing. Uh, there's a guy in our um, assembly. And he... Uh, he trains chaplains around the world. So he travels all over the world. And one conversation him and I were having was, I was saying, I'm like, you know, there's, you know, I've been, I've been hearing from certain influencers and podcasters that, you know, have really good followings and they have really good content. And I said, you know, what's interesting. I said, it seems like we would be able to be fast tracked with a positive motion within our nation if we could just come together and repent. But I think the only way that the majority of people in this nation would actually repent in mass is if Donald Trump would repent himself publicly and proclaim the name of Jesus Christ in public, in the public purview. And he, he got pretty heated pretty quickly. He goes, no, no. He goes, I've seen that man. I've seen Donald Trump repent publicly now, it wasn't televised because people at Fox and CNN, he goes, no, because I've seen that man repent and proclaim the name of Jesus Christ. But these scumbags in the news media will not show that because they understand and they know that when the name of Christ is being proclaimed, especially of a man that is worldwide known, known around the globe. Do you realize what kind of catastrophic and impact that would make i say catastrophic not catastrophic catastrophic for the elite and the evildoers but do you realize the kind of impact that would have if that was broadcasted around the world in public purview if showing trump who is probably the second most recognizable face in the world that being jesus being the number one but you go around the world most people unless you know it's an aboriginal you know, man or woman in, in, in the, you know, deep outback of Australia, most people know what Trump looks like with his crazy hair. And, you know, he's just a very unique individual. People know what he looks like. And so when people see him on top, you know, public TV and they listen to him, and if he proclaimed the name of Jesus Christ worldwide, who talk about a revival. I think that this world, you know, has never seen before which is why they probably will never broadcast it. But this this guy that's in our assembly, he has 
personally seen Trump repent. I was like, wow, like that's amazing. So we got to remember what we're being shown or what's not being shown. We have to remember just because we didn't see something take place doesn't mean it didn't take place. Just because somebody is telling us something is taking place doesn't mean it really did take place. See, we're living a very deceptive world right now. And I think Scott on uh, Bards FM always refers to this. You know, the, one of the most dangerous war, you know, forms of warfare is informational warfare. Yeah, it's not kinetic. We're not seeing bullets fly. We're not seeing bombs being dropped in our own backyard. But, you know, when it comes to informational warfare, it's very, very hard to maneuver through that. And for a lot of people, if you don't know what to look for, and if you're not using discernment and praying to God to help guide you through those uh, that informational minefield, if you will. And so to kind of wrap this up, if we look at 17 and 18 verses, now once in a right relationship with God, one can have peace and assurance, right? Just like we were talking about. And righteousness works eternal life, and righteous is put on one when one believes in God. And so once one has faith in Jesus Christ, then one gets the assurance of everlasting life. Now, having been ex, ex, um, excuse me, accepted as righteous before God, one will be protected from judgment. Now, even if God is raining down hail on those around one, one will be safe and secure. Now, as we look at the last verse in 20, now God will bless one who does not hold back his hand to anyone, but is willing to sow everywhere. There, where there is water. And one is not to try to plant in the desert, but wherever the Spirit of God is moving, one is also blessed when one allows those in one's care to rest and be refreshed. In other words, God rewards those who exhibit mercy and grace on others. We need to always remember that. So, that, my friends, is the first part of the show of episode 399, which is uh, we consider 1% with him. And this was the reading out of Isaiah chapter 32. So we will be right back and we will continue on the second half of the show. We'll be right back. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we're back. Yeah, somebody was just saying, uh, Ron was just saying in the chat, you forgot the prayer. Oh, no, I did not forget. It, it will come at the end of the show. Because like I said, I'm doing a new format here where we're doing the 1% with him in the very beginning. Then we'll get into a discussion and then we do a prayer at the very, very end. So um, I did not forget, I promise you, we cannot ever end this show without a prayer. That would be, that would be, that would be, that would be catastrophic. So, um, so this was from yesterday when I was looking and scrolling through Telegram. This was on the 15th, uh, posted in Telegram from Disclose.tv. Um, and of course, it's in other news too. But Justin, U.S. Federal Reserve raises interest rates by 0.5% to the highest level in 15 years. 
And we're going to keep seeing that keep going up. But on the contrary to that, we also saw silver pop up in value a little over 7% just a few days ago too. And we're going to keep seeing silver go up. Uh, And apparently, I guess Peru declared a state of emergency nationwide for 30 days per a decree amid civil unrest in their country, according to their defense ministers. So that's kind of interesting. So we're kind of kind of keeping a watch on that. Um, I guess the Washington Post CEO just not long ago, he just announced that massive layoffs um, of their publication, basically, you know, as they hemorrhage more subscribers. I mean, they lost over a half a million uh, subscribers just this past year. I wonder why, you know, you put up, you put out fake news and be, you know, BS bull crap. Um, you, you're, you're, uh, <laughs> well, I mean, here's the thing you put out fake nonsense and BS, you're gonna, if people are going to catch on to that. And so I, I don't really feel bad for them one bit. So, I mean, it kind of sucks to the, be them. Um, let me see here. I'm just kind of scrolling through a few things real quick, making sure I don't miss anything. Um, I guess par- apparently I don't know who Ter- Taylor Lorenz is, but whoever she is or he is, she is. I'm looking at this. It looks like it's something on Twitter. Taylor Lorenz is scrubbing her account and also set it to private. Uh, these pedophile lovers are running for the hills. Yeah, they should be. They absolutely should be. Um, so in other um, other news now, kind of going in line with the whole lifting of the veil. Now, one movie that you guys are probably all familiar with, you, I'm sure you all remember the movie Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, right? We all remember that movie. Um, I remember when I watched the original, not the one with Johnny Depp, but the original, I always thought there was something sinister about that movie. And as I was doing some digging, see, I, what made me think of this, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this, but what made me think of this was something that I saw in True Social, and something that I saw said Willy Wonka is based on a true story from 1896 when the old man took kids to his chocolate factory and gave them poison candy and ate the kids years later. And the, or excuse me, and ate the kids. And then years later, the man was found dead in the factory and the kids missing, you know, the, the, the bodies of the missing kids were found. Now, I'm not sure how true that is, because before I came on the air, I was trying to really dig, you know, feverishly to try to find anything related to this story. So to be fair, I have not found anything on this story, just FYI. Okay, so I'm not going to say that this was 100% fact. But it is interesting to try to dig into it, because people think that the whole torturing and sacrificing and sexualizing of children and this whole pedophilia thing that we're seeing happen today is so unreal and unfathomable that they like the most minds can't even fathom it. Right. Nobody can understand it or comprehend why this is happening, why God would let this happen. Right. But again, I think right now as God starts taking over now and coming into the forefront here in the, the main stage of the world, and more eyes are pointing towards God and more people are starting to accept Jesus Christ in their heart, that veil is slowly being lifted up where people are starting to have the eyes to see and the ears to hear. Now, when I was doing this basic research on um, this basic lookup on Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, I, I did find some interesting little tidbits about this movie. And not to sound gross, but like there's things in this movie that have... Um, male part puns in it, you know, male genitalia puns. Um, For example, where it says, you know, 
where he says, ask anyone where the phrase, the snozberry tastes like snozberries came from. And they'll probably conjure up an immediate mental image of the wallpaper licking scene in, in Willy Wonka's you know, movie, right? Where Veruca Salt reports that her astute findings, you know, that's what she's finding. But, but at, you know, that may have been as, like I said, an undercover filthy moment in that movie. Now, the term snozberry, if you actually look at where that came first came from, it actually first appeared in Dahl's or Dale, I don't know how you pronounce his name, Dale's lexicon in a book called My Uncle Oswald, which used the phrase to describe the character's man parts. And the line kind of goes like this, quote, there's only one way when they get violent. I grabbed hold of his snozberry and hung on to it like grim death and gave it a twist or two to make him hold still end quote now that bit of context makes that little girl tasting that flavor pretty r-rated all of a sudden now doesn't it it's disgusting and this kind of goes in line that they tell us in movies like ron was just saying right here they tell us in movies what they do and then you look at the aspects of child torment. Like, for example, the mate, you know, when, when, um, what was it? Uh, when one of the kids, uh, the girl, Violet, that's who it was, Violet Beauregard, um, revealed that all her gum chewing for the film, first off, here's something that most people probably don't know, that all her gum chewing through the film, I don't know how true this is, but it caused 13 cavities. And all, you know, and that she said that the blue food dye coming out of her pore and she had blue food dye come out of her pores for days. Now, again, not sure how true that is, but, you know, after her scenes were finished, meanwhile, um, Julie Dawn Cole suffered a knee injury while pounding her chocolate sphere on a rock. And she reportedly still has a scar to this day. And she hated all the chocolate that was forced you know, to, uh, forced to down, you know, to, to eat during these shoots. I mean, so, I mean, they were really eating all this candy. They were really eating all of this stuff. This wasn't just, you know, a couple takes. I mean, they were, I mean, they were really eating a lot of this. And so there's also the moment when the candy man slammed a bar arm into the girl's face during a scene, which still made the cut. And a lot of the kids were actually terrified during a psychedelic boat ride, in which that was the part of the movie I could not understand. What the heck was that all about? And so, yeah, with that boat ride where they were going through the tunnel, they weren't prepared for what to expect during the many scenes so as to draw out genuine reactions from the little actors. I mean, there is just so many sick different things in there. And then, you know, there's, you know, there's the, um, they put in the, uh, Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? It, you know, they have references of fake food in in the movie where Willy Wonka takes a bite out of his teacup. Um, I'm just scrolling through here. I mean, there's there's so many references to so many diabolical things in a movie. It's ridiculous. I mean, I'm not going to get into all of them because that's not what the show's about. But the, the point is, hold on one second. Got my daughter coming in wanting to say good morning. Hold on one second, guys. Hold on one second. Uh, 
All right, folks, I'm back. Sorry about that. Daughter just woke up. She wanted to come in the studio and say good morning. Okay, so um, real quick. So now, <clears throat> so that's kind of that for the whole Willy Wonka thing. Now, the one thing I wanted to play here today is a couple things because so well first off before i get into what i was going to play back to the bronson case now if you don't if you're not familiar with the bronson v adams case i did a show it's episode 380 uh, excuse me 398 you can you can check that out um now there's different people that have different perspectives and some people and again as you all know i'm part of the assembly the national assembly it's the lawful assembly of we the people Okay, we don't hold any hopes or any high regard with anything that's happening in the de facto corporate world. Now, that said, the Supreme Court, SCOTUS, is part of that corporate world. However, there's some very interesting things that are happening. And as we are hearing and have been seeing lately, is a lot of threats toward the Supreme Court justices. Okay, a lot of threats. That has to tell you something. Okay, it's like when Chuck Schumer was, I think it was Chuck Schumer, standing on the steps of uh, the Supreme Court, threatening all the justices, saying how we're going to come after you, Gorsuch and Kavanaugh. Like, you know, they're, they were, they, and, and all the threats and all the protesting happening on their doorsteps at their house. These, these justices are, I believe, doing, they're doing, they're going to try to, they're doing their best to to do the right thing. And this case, the reason it's so important is that it would, it would actually lift up and remove 388 public functionaries in Congress and the Senate because of their lack of investigating the 2020 election. Now, why do I say all this? Okay. Because here's the thing. Here's my outlook on this whole thing. I'm going to try to quarterback this in, in Jason's mind here for a minute. Now, bear with me again. Now, this is not fact. This is not This is not something I'm telling you based on, uh, you know, information I'm getting from other people. This is just my own. This is just my own kind of thought process. So bear with me. The public, in order to wake up the people, I think we're getting close to a point to where a wide awakening is going to have to start happening with more and more people at a larger in a larger scale. You can't wake people up by showing them the atrocities of human trafficking, child trafficking, child sex crimes, and other crimes against humanity. That, that, that's, that would make so many people lose their minds collectively. I mean, we'd probably see suicides go through the roof. We see riots. I mean, it would be catastrophic to our nation. I think the importance with this um, Brunson v. Adams case is to really start waking people up further on the corruption of D.C. with regards to the voting apparatus. Now, clearly that has already been in the forefront of the public already, whether if it's on social media or on regular mainstream media, whether they're lying or not, it's in the forefront of most people's eyes and minds. Whether they believe that the election was stolen or not, it's still something that is that, that people are hearing about. Okay. Now, let's just say this court, Supreme Court rules in favor of this. Okay. Now, 
you have the removal of 388 public functionaries. Well, that's a lot of vacancies, including the removal of a president and a vice president and a former vice president. Okay, now what happens then? Well, back to the assembly. I do believe there is a lot of stuff going on in the background where that plays into the restoration of this republic. Now, somebody I had a conversation with, which I'll keep the name nameless just for the sake of um, argument and, um, you know, I'm not trying to sling mud at any one individual at all. This, But there was, there was a point that I made because somebody had a differing viewpoint with me. And I said, well, hold on a second now. I said, when you look at Donna Brandenburg, for example, which, by the way, she'll be on next week, Friday. OK, she she needed her rest today and she's got something very, very important that she has to make today. Something that I'm not at um, liberty to discuss, but I'm sure we'll find out more uh, either later today or over the weekend, possibly, hopefully. But I, I was making the argument. I was saying, if you look at Donna Brandenburg, OK, yes, she was running for governor under the taxpayer party system of Michigan. On the de facto side here in Michigan. I said, but she's very fully aware of the assembly and, in fact, knows that assembling the people and returning to a de jure Republican form of government is the only way to go. I said, so I, I, I asked this question. Would you agree that even though Donna Brandenburg is not an official, she's not an assembly member, wouldn't you agree that she is part of the process of helping restore this republic? And this individual was like, well, you know, I guess, yeah. I said, okay. So my point would be, that with this case, along with other aspects of what's going on, just because certain individuals are not official assembly members yet, okay, and if we we have to look at what is an assembly member, okay, you're you're a jurist, you're you are a jurist for the common law. So when a common law grand jury impanels, Okay, you, you, you can serve at that capacity as being a jurist on, for a common law trial. Okay, but just because somebody's not an official assembly member does not mean that they are not actively engaged in the restoration of this republic. There are many people, I believe, that served under General Douglas MacArthur, like, you know, well, Robert Gilman, which he was an assembly member. But there are many people who are veterans that are in the civilian side of the world here and the civilian life here in this nation. They want to continue to see their country be restored. And I think when these 388 vacancies occur, we're going to see many, many good men and women who are going to come in and help restore the de jure aspect of it in government and where we, the people, fully get the power back. Now, why do I say all this? Is this the thing that's going to unite humanity? No. This is just, I think, going to be a large phase. Okay, because back to the children. Okay, because people would argue, well, you know, elections don't mean squat. Why are we focusing on elections? Well, the reason we're focusing on elections is because that's the main problem that's in the forefront of Americans' eyes right now in ears. You get this big case to pass and, and, and the Supreme Court to rule in favor of it, now you have 388 vacancies. Now you have good men and women within the assembly and people who want to restore this republic with a de jure system where the people are back in power, the tr you know, we the people are back in power with the elite scumbags gone. Now you're going to have 
a reveal of just how corrupt these people were in office, like AOC, Ilhan Omar, Rashida Tlaib, Pelosi, Pence, Schumer, all these people, Kamala, Kamala. I don't care about saying her name properly. I don't care. And so people are going to start seeing, oh my God, these people, like the proof in the pudding is going to come out and people are going to realize and see with their own eyes how corrupt they were. Now, now the public has been primed most, you know, mostly by and large. They're going to be like, oh my God, I cannot believe this was happening underneath our own face and under, under our own noses. Now back to the, uh, and I'm not going to say the word, but the B word that ends in Aga, B Aga that quote-unquote fashion company. Now, keep in mind, I think that was pushed out in public purview for a reason too, because notice nobody's talking about that now. Notice nobody is talking about Biaga, except maybe on minuscule levels. I think that got pushed out there for a certain period of time, again, just to kind of drip, drip, drip to the general public, hey, this is what this fashion company is doing, and this is what these elites are doing, and they're complicit in this, and they're putting children in ads with BDSM sexual stuff in it, and yada, yada, yada. And and shame on some of these elites and these actors and actresses that haven't you know denounced any of this, like the Kardashians. It was still dripped out. And so it's something that the public is starting to see. But are they fully awake to the atrocities that are committed against children? Not yet. But I think that this election thing is going to be a big wake-up call for a lot of people, which is why it's important, but not the most important. And then when the atrocities of the of the election and the theft and the fraud that has taken place and how they have, you know, these 388 public functionaries have sworn allegiance to a foreign power, which was to be able to take over the nation, America, from within, when that information gets set forward in front of the people, then I think people will be able to digest more information. But you can't just lay all this out at once. It'll make people lose their ever-collective mind. I was going to play a piece right now, but for the sake of time, I'm going to wait for a different day. But again, I think we're going to be seeing more of a lifting of the veil. And more and more is being revealed. And we're starting to see... Now, those of us that are listening here live right now, we already see. We already know. But more people that are the sleepers, the people that have been kind of, they have no idea what's been going on, they're going to start seeing more and more. The veil for them is starting to get lifted. And we need to be there for these people. We can't have this I told you so nonsense. I know families have been split up over this crap. Mine has too. My father and stepmom don't even really talk to me anymore because of this very thing that I brought up back in 2020 and started talking about all this Agenda 21 stuff or the, uh, not the Agenda 20, but the Agenda 2030 and the whole, you know, Bill Gates and how, you know, with Event 201. And I was just starting to go off the chain with this information back in 2020 on Facebook and it just caused a, a divide, you know, between, um, between my, you know, between my family. And so it's like, you know, I know we've had divisions. I know we've had divisions.
but we can't have that I told you so moment as much as we want. We can't. We it's so important. We can't we don't do that because there's going to be many people. They're going to be pissed when they start finding out this information. I mean, they are going to be mad. Ah, I'm seeing people in the chat saying, ah, play it, please. All right. You know, it's only like four minutes, four and a half minutes. I'll play it. It's called Connecting the Dots. In today's world, it is often easier to live in a blissful ignorance than having to digest some of reality's horrid truths. However, the truths that are hidden the furthest in the darkness are the truths that most urgently needing to be brought to light. Imagine standing on your back porch enjoying the sunset. Off to the left, your attention is drawn to a gopher popping out of a hole. A moment later, you spot another one off to your right, then yet another just a few yards from where you stand. Suddenly you realize that what seems like a random gopher popping out of a random hole is actually a tunnel system connected via an elaborate network right below your feet. A network right under your nose and you didn't even know it existed. That scenario does exist, only without the gophers and for the much more nefarious purpose of child sacrifice. The very old and demonic practice of sacrificing children to the Canaanite gods Baal and Moloch did not end in the Old Testament. Sadly, even today, ritualistic child sacrifice is practiced all over the world, including in our own United States. These practices are most often hidden, but at times are done quite publicly, only disguised as something different that we had just become accustomed. These instances that always seem random and unconnected are actually part of a widespread and well-organized network hidden in plain sight. Today, child sacrifice is connected within seven areas that work both together and independently to promote, protect, and profit from this maniacal system. The first is child trafficking. This element fulfills both supply and demand while creating commerce avenues for all other circles. Number two is abortion. Make no mistake, these are child sacrifices, no different than the times of Baal, only now, by partnering with those traffickers, they have added the benefit of profiting off of body parts, stem cells, blood, and much more. The third element is the industry of child protection. Although I will say that not all of these organizations are corrupt, many of these services, both government and private, including law enforcement, courts, schools, hotlines, foster care, orphanages, and international organizations, play a vital role in the grooming, distribution, abuse, and trafficking of the children around the world. Number four is child abuse. This can be the grooming or indoctrination of a child. It educates a how-to for the other circles, creating physical or emotional trauma. Five is the satanic ritual abuse. This incorporates mind control, both physical and emotional trauma, psychological manipulation, and the altering of DNA and genetics, while creating armies of unaware participants who are spread out amongst the population. The sixth element is pornography. This is the production of sexually explicit media, both adults and children. It not only creates a high amount of revenue to fund the other circles, but it creates a disconnection from commitment while desensitizing our views of what is normal and accepted behavior. And this is created to be easily accessible. It is spread and proliferates via the internet, creating addiction and highly increasing its demand. Number seven is the deep state. 
This is the element that controls, funds, uses, regulates, propagates, and connects each of these circles by the way of corrupt government, both local, national, and international. It uses surveillance, our officials, laws, courts, regulations, international corporations, corrupt media, and our entertainment industries to glamorize, normalize, and desensitize the population to these practices. You may be aware of some of the ways that these seven areas are connected, yet unaware of their real intent. An example is Planned Parenthood, which on the surface, at worst, appears to be a service which legalized the murder of an innocent unborn soul. The reality is that these are sacrifices to not only depopulate the children blessed by God, but to profit off their organs, cells, and the blood of the innocent. The connections of abortion and child trafficking are symbiotic. The images of the children who are trafficked, abused, and forced to endure satanic ritual abuse are sold online, both on the dark web and the social media platforms that we spend hours on daily. Every aspect of the trafficking, abuse, rituals, and pornography are easily accessible at the touch of our fingertips. Sadly, these few examples are just the tip of the iceberg. The connections and examples are endless, each becoming more nefarious than the next. The saving grace is that our God is a just God who is bringing that darkness to light. In the past three years, we have witnessed the beginning of massive takedowns of the many facets of these networks. All right. Sorry, I had to, I'm like raising the volume on here. I've been noticing that after I play a video, if you ever notice, I promise it's not me because I here's all I have. I'm just going to be honest with you guys uh, with the equipment that I have. I have a USB mic that goes right directly into the computer here. So it's not like on a sounding board. I'm trying to look into changing all that so I can have better production of this show with sound quality. But I've noticed that with Podbean, every time a video gets done playing, and I start talking like within a second or whatever of it. If you notice, if I if I blow your eardrums out, I promise you that is not me. It's some and then it, it's something with Podbean because um, it'll sound really loud and distorted, like I'm putting my mouth right up to the mic. I promise you, I'm not doing that. And then all of a sudden, it starts leveling back out to normal. So I was trying to, I'm trying to, you know, make sure that. I'm doing the sound levels properly here according to what they have available in Podbean, but I'm trying to resolve that because when I listen to the playbacks of these shows after a video plays, I have to turn down my radio like for the first four or five seconds because all of a sudden it sounds like I'm blaring in the speakers. I was like, my gosh, what is going on? But anyways, um, but I try to give good production for you guys um, and, and content. It's not about production, but it's also about content. I really try to do my best to give good, solid content to you guys. But uh, but anyways, but yeah, so and as we were talking in the chat here, that did sound like Duncan's voice from the Kilted Christian, which, by the way, um, I don't know him, but anybody that does want to find more, you know, truthers out there duncan over at the christian uh, the kilted christian show he you can find him on Pondbean. if you haven't heard of him go seek him out the kilted christian like a kilt like what uh, scottish people wear um the kilted christian and um check out his show he's part of the bards nation network um, with bards fm so give it a check out it's pretty cool um some people here in the assembly like rita out in california she has met duncan at bards fest and he is uh a very humble man according to what she says she says he uh she loves him she's he's a very humble guy so give him a check out listen to his show so check that out 
I really liked his um, his first podcast he ever did. Um, I actually listened. Uh, that's how I actually kind of got hooked on him because I liked his story and where God led him and his past with, you know, with um, with, you know, what where his issues were with drugs, just like mine was with pornography. Um, and so I can really I can really appreciate his story. Um, a very God centered man and uh, a man that I can get behind. I think he's a great guy. Um, one day I would love to meet these guys face to face and shake their hands and, and tell them, thank you for their, you know, for their, um, for their service of this country. So, um, I think there's been things that have been misunderstood. Cause again, like I said, at the beginning of the show, you know, we all have different perspectives on things, right? We all have different perspectives. Um, we all have different viewpoints and there are some things that I don't agree with bards on, um, and just like he probably, if he, if he ever heard probably anything of, you know, that I talk about here, he might kind of listen to and be like, eh, I'm not really fully on board with what you're saying there. But again, that's kind of what makes this nation go. Uh, I think that's what makes this nation valuable, different perspectives, different viewpoints, uh, different ideas. Right. So, but anyways, but that was a, that was called connect the dots. And from the sounds of it, I believe that could be from Duncan on the Kilted Christian. So, but that is again, kind of part of lifting of the veil. A lot of people are going to start to realize just exactly what has been going on underneath their noses this whole time. I'm going to play one more soundbite because I feel like this is really relevant and somebody out there does need to hear it. I found this on truth, uh, not true social, excuse me. I found this on TikTok. And I started following this channel. I can't remember the guy's name now, but I'll post the video. It's a great soundbite. It's only about a minute. Um, but this is a, uh, yeah, uh, back to like what Rita was saying, the connecting the dots is cycling through Telegram. In fact, Donna Brandenburg shared it on her channel. And that's actually where I got it from, believe it or not. I got it from Donna Brandenburg's um, uh, channel. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to play this last soundbite here and then we'll close this out with a prayer. But this is, this is something I think a lot of people need to hear because of the times that we're in. Let's give this a quick listen. Hey, you made it, but you look tired. You're tired? Yeah, that was a rough stretch of road, wasn't it? Yeah, I get that. But listen, you go ahead and rest because you earned it. But don't quit. And before you get back on that road, I need you to do me a favor. I need you to let go of all that dead weight. Let go of those mistakes. You don't have to live in them no more. Let go of those people who keep holding you back. Let go of everything that's holding you down. The only thing you need to bring with you on this stretch of road is faith. That's it. I'll see you at the next rest stop. You are, you are Don't quit. Yeah, I tell you, I love that video. That was a good video. I'm going to share that video on Telegram and True Social. Um, you can find it on, uh, on, on uh, TikTok. Um, but you know what's interesting about this video? Now, I didn't notice this. My wife noticed this yesterday when she watched the video because I shared it with her. And he's on a road. He's got his camera set up on a road, like an old backcountry road. And the sun is kind of setting. Now, I don't know. I, I know things can be done and added and manipulated with video. I get all that. But what I find interesting is that this wasn't so obvious 
and which makes me wonder if this was divinely put in the video. So when the guy starts walking away, like he's walking down the road, and again, my wife noted th- noticed this, and she started looking at the comments on TikTok to see if anybody else pointed it out. But um, she, as he's walking back, walking away from the camera down the road, you notice this little itty bitty bitty little um, glimmer of light pop up in the middle of the road, elevated on top of the road a little bit, but way, way off in the distance. Like it's real easy to miss. Well, my wife pointed that out. I was like, and with TikTok, you can't zoom in. So I had to save the video on my phone and I had to zoom in, like really zoom in. And there was a teeny tiny little cross, bright. I mean, bright. And it was clear as day. It was a cross. It was right in the middle of the road. As he was walking away, it gave me chills when I saw it. And there's no way. I mean, maybe there's a way, but I don't know. I mean, there's no way that this this guy could have added it in there. It was insane when I saw it. I was like, wow. Wow. I'll post the video and then I'll, t- I'll take a screenshot zoomed in of that cross. It was insane. I'll show you what the video looks like at regular vantage point. And then I'll zoom in. Because like I said, at regular vantage point, you can't even see this cross. All you see is just a little micro blip of a light but when you zoom in it's clear as day across i mean i'm i'm hoping that that was not digitally inserted which i find hard to believe but if 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 it's not i truly believe that was a christ thing right there blessing that video it is just amazing so let's end this with a prayer shall we Okay, I just need to find my jazz music. Love my jazz music. It calms me down. So, Heavenly Father, I want to say thank you for another day of life and good health for myself, my wife, our daughter. Thank you for another day of life and good health for all the wonderful people in this community. Rita, Nancy, Ron, Zero in Michigan, Michigan Matt, Chris in Michigan, and there's so many others here that I'm not sure of. I'm like looking here on the screen here. MAGA Grandma Anne. And if I'm missing anybody, I apologize. But we thank you for another day of life and good health for all these people. Thank you for guiding us. And we just we, we pray that you keep helping. Uh, help us with discernment. Help us to point out what's fact, what's not fact. Help us to figure out where you want us, how to lead us. We ask that you guide our thoughts. We ask that you guide our words because they are very important. And a lot of our thoughts and words oftentimes lead into our own actions. So guide our actions as well. We thank you so much, Father, for the times that we're in and for the times that we do deal with anxiety or we feel stresses of life. We just ask for your forgiveness because we know that is not fully demonstrating true 100% faith and trust in you. And so we do ask for forgiveness and, and, and we are sorry that sometimes we fall. And uh, we ask for your, you know, we repent of that. And we ask that, you know, you help us through that. Keep lifting us up. Now we pray all of this in your wonderful son's name, Jesus Christ, amen. And so that is all we have for today. 
on episode 399. The next one, which will be tomorrow, will be episode 400. My 400th episode. Wow. It's crazy. And I want to say thank you to all of you guys for sharing and following this show. I really do appreciate it. You guys are amazing. I do appreciate it. You guys are great. And, um, you know, I, I wouldn't really, you know, it just it makes me feel good that you guys do come here. It really does. And I don't do this to feel good. I do this to serve you. I, I want to serve people um, and help people learn the power of Christ and why that's so important. And so anyways, um, before we leave, I'm going to play this one little soundbite because I <laughs> it is funny. Um, I saw this on TikTok or Telegram, and I cannot pass this up before we close out the show. In the words of Donald Trump. Bye-bye. 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 Thank you very much for coming. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Go have a good day. Bye. Bye. Bing, bing. Bye, bye. 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 Bye, folks. Bye, bye, folks. That's it. Bye, bye. Wave goodbye. Bye, bye. Bye, everybody. Bye, bye. Bye. Bye-bye. 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 See you sometime. Bye-bye. Good luck. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. When I saw that, I about died. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is great. I have to play this now going forward when we close out the show. Bye-bye. 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 Anyway, I hope you all have a great day or night wherever you're located in the world. And until then or the next time, we'll see you back here tomorrow for another episode of uh, 1% with him and a discussion. Have a great day and God bless, folks. Bye-bye. No longer can we rely on those same people in the media and politics who will say anything to keep our rigged system in place. Instead, we must choose to believe in America. History is watching us now. We don't have much time, but history is watching. It's waiting to see if we will rise to the occasion and if we will show the whole world that America is still free and independent and strong. Oh, man, it's going to suck to be you deep staters when this is all said and done. You guys really have no idea what's coming for you. (laughs) Watch out, the American people are coming for you. Thank you for joining us here at KSR Live. Remember, you can tune in every single evening. Except on Thursdays. I hope you all have a blessed day. And remember, like a states in Joshua 1.9, I command you, be strong and steadfast. Do not fear nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Thank you for joining us at His Heart Line.